and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. We recognize our world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs, practices, idioms, descriptions of locations that are lost on us. On this day, we take the opportunity to explore the context of the chapters in front of us. Yesterday, we listened to chapters 3 and 4 of the Gospel of Mark. Let's explore what's taking place surrounding this lesson. But first, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, blessed are they who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. At the beginning of chapter 3, we start with some Sabbath day confusion. We recall that the Sabbath day was something that was instituted by God at the time period of, of perfection as he, as he goes through the days of creation And this day was set aside as a day of rest and reflection to God. During the time period of Moses, it was spelled out with the law of Moses that God gave specific regulations for the Sabbath day so people didn't try to still work or try to find an end run around the Sabbath day for the the purpose and point of it. Sabbath is a word that means rest. So those regulations were put in place to to keep people from trying to find a way to still work on this day. We flip to Mark chapter 3, and we now see, instead of it being at that side of it, it's the other end of the pendulum that's the problem with the Pharisees. That if anyone does anything that could even resemble work of any kind, well, then you are guilty of breaking the Sabbath. Even if if someone hurt themselves, well, you can't go and pick them up because that would be uh, considered work, and you can't do that on the Sabbath. That was never the design of the regulations. That wasn't the purpose and point of those regulations, and Jesus calls that out in chapter 3. He says in verse 4, Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? So Jesus is pointing out again, he's going to the intent. He's going to the heart of the Sabbath. If you saw someone who was hurt, you, the point of the Sabbath was you, you could still go and help them. If there was a need that was going on, something that was an emergency that was there, could you do that? Absolutely. Would that be breaking the Sabbath? Not at all. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here is to understand the intent of and purpose of the Sabbath, and that they had it all, the Pharisees had it all completely backwards. They were focused on the regulation and not the intent. And so Jesus, in this context, is looking to heal someone who had a a withered hand or a paralyzed hand. And so Jesus, in frustration at their hardened hearts and unbelief, makes the point here that it is still within Sabbath regulations to do good for someone, healing them does not break the Sabbath. 
Later in the chapter, it mentions how people came to Jesus from all around. Geographic cities are listed. He lists that a large crowd followed him from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, as well as from around Tyre and Sidon. Essentially, if you would put that on a map, north, south, east, west, uh, essentially all over the, uh, uh, the Jewish region, people came from, from all over. That's what this is describing. People flocked from every area to come and see Jesus. In verse 14, it's interesting that Mark notes the name apostles instead of disciples. Right in verse 14, it says, He appointed twelve whom he designated apostles. Well, why does he state this? Both names are accurate. It's the twelve disciples. But Mark is noting this particular term. And the reason why, if you listen to what he says in the rest of the verse, is the purpose that he is giving to those twelve. So if disciples is a word that talks about someone who is uh, learning from someone, Apostle is a word that means one who is sent out. Verse 14 fully states, He appointed twelve whom he designated apostles so that they would be with him and so that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. The purpose of the twelve disciples was to learn from Jesus so he could then send them out to carry out that gospel ministry. So the goal of their learning, which is when we're talking about disciples, that's what we're talking about. The goal of their learning is to be apostles. Grow to go. Grow in Jesus so that they can go and proclaim that gospel of salvation. Mark highlights that name, again, as he focuses on the the purpose, on the carrying out of this ministry, and someone that, again, as we look at it, uh, the name Action Gospel, which is what this gospel is, it focuses on the action of Jesus more than the teaching. Uh, as, as Mark highlights the action, he also highlights the action of the disciples, or the goal of those dis- of the disciples is to be apostles, to be those that are sent out to carry out the, the word and work of Jesus. Later in the chapter, we get to Jesus' family. And they're trying to get to Jesus, and they're saying that he is out of his mind. And you have immediate family members that uh, are, are struggling with that idea of Jesus being the Savior. Uh, they recognize him as their earthly sibling. And uh, Scripture doesn't tell us what happened when Jesus was younger, how this took place, uh, as far as the rest of the family uh, believing and in what had happened. Uh, we just know that there were issues here within Scripture that they were trying to to prevent Jesus from, from talking this way, from doing these things. Uh, and Jesus here makes the point uh, that his family is all of those who believe in him, believe in him and, and believe him as the Savior. Uh, that is his mother and brothers and, and sisters, as he describes. That is the family, that family of believers that through faith in Jesus, uh, through the working of the Holy Spirit, has been created in our hearts and allows us to be part of that family that Jesus describes. In verse 28, uh, the EHV, the Evangelical Heritage Version of the Bible, uh, transliterates the name when we see uh, in the King James Version, you'd see verily, verily, or truly I say to you would be more the the NIV. Uh, Here it uses the word amen. 
which is the actual uh, word that Jesus spoke, just transliterated into the English language. Uh, and it puts that in this Bible to help us see that word. But the EHV has this for its commentary that's worth noting here. Usually people say amen at the end of a prayer. But Jesus used this Hebrew word at the beginning of a statement which was unique. The inspired writer simply transliterated the Hebrew word that Jesus spoke instead of using a Greek term. This translation does the same in English. The basic meaning is, I solemnly tell you the truth. So that word, amen, uh, that Jesus is using here, uh, this is true. This is a, a true statement. I, I solemnly tell you the truth. So he's, he's highlighting, it's a highlight word, kind of like an exclamation point, uh, that Jesus wants you to pay attention. This is true, this is certain. In chapter 4, as much as Mark highlights the action of Jesus, he does still provide information on the the words of Jesus. And here we see Jesus teaching in parables. And there's many different parables that are used here in chapter 4. Parables are stories, illustrations. The way in which Jesus would teach was to use these examples, these stories, these illustrations. He would use a concrete example to teach about an abstract truth. And so we see Jesus speaking in parables uh, in in this way. But he also notes in chapter 4 that the reason why he speaks this way is because that abstract truth is not going to be believed because they hear it, but that is only something that comes by faith through the working of the Holy Spirit. That truth could only be understood through the Holy Spirit and the blessing of faith. At the end of chapter 4, we have the example of Jesus calming the storm. And the only thing that I to highlight at this time is just the understanding that, and still to this day, on the Sea of Galilee, storms can rise up unexpectedly at a moment's notice. It's just the, the geographic way that uh, the land is aligned and the way the, the, uh, the wind can come through the the systems uh, and pressure that can take place, uh, it can happen unexpectedly. And if you would look on, on even YouTube, you can find YouTube videos of storms coming up unexpectedly on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, so this is still a, a common occurrence uh, today. In this particular example, this was no small storm. This was a storm that even had experienced fishermen trembling and worried about what would take place. But in case anyone had the question of like if there's a storm that was going to take place or if you could see the cloud cover, why would you go out into such a thing? Even though the technology may have been a little bit more limited, you could tell when a major storm was coming. Why would you go out into that? This was not something that was done with that type of uh, intent. Uh, these storms can just take place unexpectedly and even the, the geographic evidence today uh, shows us how that still happens even today. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, 
part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.